This is a podcast about our lived experience, which unfortunately includes infant death and subsequent mental health struggles. Please take good care of yourself and only listen if this content feels safe for you right now. We'll still be here when you're ready. Hi, I'm Judith. And I'm Alina. We both lost babies to SIDS in winter 2021. In the throes of grief, I reached out to a stranger on the internet and our friendship was born. In the years since, we've been working hard to survive, rebuild, and navigate the continual challenges that have come our way, including divorce, job loss, dating while bereaved, moving multiple times, health scares, pregnancy and parenting a living child, starting new jobs, and so much more. We are tired. Happily Ever After is out of the question for us, but this podcast documents our journeys to happier ever after because we believe life after loss is worth living. So join us as we laugh, cry, cry until we laugh. <laughs> Welcome to As Long As I'm Living podcast. We're so glad you're here. Let's talk about the topic of today because I think it's a good and interesting topic that came in as a um, listener suggestion. And the question was, how do you integrate Aiden and Quinn into your lives now? Yeah which I think is a different question than how do you integrate the loss into your lives now? Totally. So I, I kind of see it as of like, how do you continue on that relationship with them? Yes. So I've spent some time thinking about this. Do you want to go first? Should I go first? You go first. I've also been thinking about it, but go so ahead. I would say the first thing that I do is I talk about him a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I talk about his loss a lot, not in a way that's, I don't think it's in a way that brings the conversation down, but I will refer to it almost like you refer to your time in college, where you would say, when I was in college, I studied this. Mm-hmm. I would say, when Aiden died, I started painting. And I find that I want to keep his name on the tip of my tongue, but I also really want to normalize it amongst my friendships. So this is something that I do, and this yeah. is normal. And I would say for every time I say his name, maybe like, let's say I say it a hundred times, maybe one person responds. <laughs> like, be like, if that people don't really respond, they just kind of like nod and smile. But um, I continue to speak about him. And that to me feels very, very, very important. Can you talk about like some specific ways you talk about him and I'll give some examples. Cause I feel like this episode could be really helpful for a brand new griever who is like, yeah. how how what yeah. are like I want to be really super tactical and specific about the ways yeah. like what are some ways that you talk about him and I'll say some that ways that I talk about Quinn too well I think there's a blessing and a curse of being in this time where everyone around me is pregnant or has a new baby the blessing is that there's a lot I can talk about because I can say when I was pregnant with Aiden X mm-hmm. I gained 27 pounds or when I was breastfeeding with Aiden it was horrible <laughs> or I can, I can say my delivery with Aiden was whatever amount of hours. There's so many entry points because everybody is talking about it. The painful flip side is that everybody is talking about their alive children and I'm talking about a dead child. But I almost wonder that if, you know, in 10 years when we're all talking about our kids' soccer leagues, if I'll feel so sad because there won't be any time for me to speak about him. So naturally, I bring him up in that way. Um, another thing I do is if I feel safe, I will sign his name on cards So if it's somebody who I know, like, and knows my story, and let's say I'm writing them like a holiday card, I will sign Aiden's name in that card. And I just make it a practice. We're planning for Thanksgiving. I sent a list of the names for my niece to make place cards, and I included Aiden's name. I don't know what she's going to do with that. She probably went to her mom and said, like, what am I supposed to do with that? But that's not my problem. (laughs) That's your nine-year-old niece's problem. (laughs) My responsibility is to continue to make sure his name remains in the family to talk about him at a, a, a 
at an amount that feels comfortable and include him in family things. Would I RSVP his name to like a synagogue gala? No, like I wouldn't. That would be weird. Um, But when it's in my family and we're talking about every other member of my family, I would include him. I think sometimes of whether or not I would sign my dog's name. If you're going to sign your dog's name, which like, let's say you're sending a holiday card, that would be like a very normal thing to do. Then you can sign your dead baby's name. Yeah. I think that's actually, that's a really good, like, that's really helpful. So I think that's so, so if you would sign your dog or cat's name on the card, or you would talk about your dog or cat in the context of your family, also mention your dead child. Another, another like specific tip I have is like in a work context, I don't have any living children, but people talk about their kids all the time. And so for me, I do, I definitely don't talk about my dead child, even remotely as close to as frequently as people talk about their living children. But I try to tell myself, like, if, in, if, if there is a context where people are talking about children, I give myself permission to talk about how I also have a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, like I said, at work, I don't get into it. But like, I do try to think to myself, like, if someone's going to mention their alive child 10 times, I give myself permission to say, talk about my dead child at least one time. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like everybody wants to talk about their children. You should feel allowed to talk about your children. If people are uncomfortable with that, that's on them. And then some, sometimes, depending on my mood, the discomfort actually, like, in a weird way, comforts me because I'm like, yes, welcome to how bad this is. Like, join me in it. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, it's awkward and it fucking sucks. Hello. Um, And I do think your point about like when your friends and everything are having babies, that's definitely a time I talk about Quinn uh, very frequently is in the context of my friends, new babies. Like, oh, I remember when Quinn did X, Y, Z or, oh, like that's the thing that I remember from my pregnancy, blah, 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 blah. And just like acknowledging that it happened, it was real and it resulted in a baby who died. I would say another thing that I do that I think is really helpful is establishing traditions. And I would encourage you to establish traditions now, like sooner rather than later, because I think people uh, are probably, if you're just starting your loss experience, people are probably like most tuned in and empathetic now to you. And it's a little bit harder as time goes on to establish a new tradition. I also think in terms of establishing traditions, like people are looking to you for guidance. And so I, even if I'm not like wild about the traditions we've started, like I am wild about some of them, but I'm not wild about all of them, but I feel like it's very important for me to um, like continue them on. Not for me. I remember my son every day and we've spoken about this, but as a way for the people around me to connect to Aiden. So, um, like you were talking, like I plan, um, a little birthday party for him and, um, I do it with the number one goal of it being for my niece and my nephew, like for the kids in my family. Um, because I kind of, I, I see them as probably the ones with in some way, the, the most open mind to it. Yeah. And I also see it as the ones that I'm worried the most will forget about him. And I see it as like, they, I hope that they will continue to remember Aiden even after I die. And so like, to me, they're kind of like this next generation. And my children, of course, also will be raised with it. They're not old enough. Like my daughter's not old enough for it just yet. But I, it's important for me. I don't, the the adults, not so much, but the kids very much though. Like I want to engage them. I want to get an arts and crafts project. I want to normalize loss for them now. Right. Because I know that they will lose people in their lifetime or 
pets the lose someone and I want to show them how to grieve in a way that's open and comfortable. And I think a lot of the adults in your life, this is sad, but I think for a lot of the adults in our lives, the context of thinking about Quinn or an Aiden is grief, sad. Wow. Judith is a mess. Like we have to take care of Judith. Whereas for your niece and nephew, it's like Aiden was a person who exists. He's my cousin. Like I love him. Like I love, you know, I was going to say your daughter's name. Like I love my other cousin, you know, like I I don't think it's that simple, but they have kind of like an imagination that's still flexible. Yes. You know, like have we we told the story about your nephew? I don't know if you want to share this, but when your nephew found when you guys found the scooter okay no but I, I don't know if I've told it but I'll, I'll say this but that's a perfect example yeah of, of what I'm talking about I was with my nephew um and I was telling him how Aiden sometimes sends me signs and I was telling him how on Aiden's death anniversary last year my sister had been telling me in the morning that she wanted to get like adult scooters for some reason and then that very day an hour or two later on the side of the road, there was an adult scooter. Like someone was giving it away in front of their house. So I told my nephew this and I was like, Aiden sent us a present. He sent us the scooter. And my nephew, you could see like his eyes were like blown away. He was like, oh my God, I can ask for things and then Aiden will send them to me. <laughs> and like he said, like, tell me more. And I told him about like the time when he sent dolphins and like, and then like the more I can reinforce, I, it's not like a Santa Claus thing where I'm like teaching my children that there's a mythical <laughs> character, but I feel like they're receptive at this age to this idea that like there's higher beings and there's things we can't fully grasp. And I want to capitalize on it now. So yeah, the whimsy I, and excitement of, of the, what you can't see. And I can also tell that they're still like a little uncomfortable with it. Like they don't really know. They're not like a hundred percent solid in it. But I see that as like an important thing to to perpetuate. And so, yeah, we started some traditions and some of the traditions I've mentioned before, like we do this birthday party. Um, Another thing is I like to make like a slideshow and um, my husband and I continue to add pictures to that slideshow. So my husband has this Google folder of all of Aiden pictures that he started when Aiden was alive. And he adds like anytime I send a picture in the family WhatsApp group of like his grave, like my husband will add it to the Google folder even like with time going on or last year's holiday project that we did with my niece and nephew, like we took that picture and added it to this folder. And so when I make the slideshow, it's important to show that our relationship with Aiden has continued on even um, after he died. I like seeing how the different decorations that we put out of his green age and where with time and which ones have stayed. And, you know, before I was in a pinwheel phase, now I'm in a sun catcher phase. And like, to me, that shows the passing of time by showing how his grave changes. Um, so I, I do that. And also like my family sponsors things in his memory. So I will include pictures of like the sponsorship, um, notification in that slideshow. And then in terms of other things we do to keep his memory living on, like we sponsor, um, like a kid's program at our synagogue, at Aiden's birthday and Aiden's death anniversary. Like every year we bring snacks and sponsor it. And um, I've never been to it because <laughs> there was a tricky timing thing. And also I was like, she doesn't need it. She has like 12 birthday parties, you know, Aiden doesn't have 12 birthday parties. So I think another thing we do is we sponsor things every year. We like annually sponsor things. And I think that's really important too, because I think that like spreads our commitment to the community. I don't want our community to ever think we've ever forgotten about him either. So those are some like the traditions we've employed. I don't have any traditions, like big traditions. Do Can you think of any that I have? I don't think I do. I don't do anything like that. I don't like sponsor uh, whatever. I don't 
have an annual birthday party, right? Like, can you think of anything I do like that? I have tons of traditions that I do like personally myself, but I don't have any like community based. But Alina, you're not a community based person. A hundred percent. I'm just saying. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, don't think I have any. I don't know. You know, I think that's I, I don't you. I know you had a cupcake for Quinn's birthday this year. Did you have a cupcake? You had a cake last year. You had a hedgehog cake. Yeah. So okay. So when I think about like smaller, much smaller, more personal traditions that I have with Quinn. Um, so every year on his birthday um, or around his birthday, I've put his ashes, a little pinch of his ashes somewhere meaningful to me from that past year. I don't know that I'm going to do that forever because that's a lot of random places to have his ashes, but that is what I've done each year. Um, on his birthday, I do um, have cake for him that I eat myself, which feels sad. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I have a lot of like recurring annual or monthly traditions. Like some people will celebrate their baby like every single month on the day of their birth. And like, I just don't do that. I don't have any like real time-based things for him anymore. Well, okay. Here's another thing that I know that you do do. Well, you will do. But another thing I do is it's very important for me to integrate his toys, his books, his clothing into our lives now. There are some things that are just for him and they sit in my closet and they're in his boxes. But some of his toys I've given to my daughter and all of his books I've signed his name and given to my daughter and we read them together. Um, But like, I like seeing his play mat out. I like seeing his, you know, like his picture all over my house. I like seeing his toys integrated with her toys. You know, someone gave us this like little sports bag with his name on it. And like my daughter puts all of her toys in this little sports, it's a little bag and it says his name on it. And I like that because when I parent her, I talk about him all the time. This was Aiden's book. Do you want to put this in the Aiden bag this morning? She was like looking at, we have this picture album of him and we open it up and we talk about him. He's on the refrigerator. There's this one picture in our house that falls down every single day. It's like of him. It's because they're cheap and I should just get new frames. But I tell my daughter all the time, I said, oh, Aiden's picture fell. I integrate him into our life because I talk about him. He's on the walls. He's included. His name is around the house. I think that's really important. Yeah. When it comes to his stuff, I, I completely agree with you. I look forward to the day that I can use a lot of his things with another baby. I also have for each of the two babies that have been born to my close friends since Quinn died, I've given each of those babies a specific piece of his clothing, of Quinn's clothing that he wore that I picked out specifically for that baby. So my friend Julia's daughter got um, a hat of Quinn's that he wore. Um, and then my friend Leah just had a baby boy and um, Leah's son got um, this like jumper that has hedgehogs on it um, and a couple of Quinn's books. And that felt like, so my friend Leah just had this baby and um, that's been actually really challenging and oh, could be a whole episode in and of itself how hard that has actually been for me. It's been really beautiful and wonderful and special and also really hard. Um, But one of the things I did after that baby was born before I even knew his name or had met him was I went through Quinn's books and picked out a couple that I wanted to give to this, to this new baby. And that felt like really special. And I love thinking that this baby is going to grow up knowing that, you know, these three books were his cousin Quinn's books, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. 
Um, and then I also have, like you were saying, I have pictures of, I have pictures of Quinn in every single room in my house. There's the, there are a couple of rooms that I don't have pictures of him, but there is something in the room, like his footprint or, um, something of his, there is something that I look around the room and see him in every single room in my house. Um, my husband and I were talking about, um, Christmas card photos for this year and, He's not a big Christmas card person, but I've sent one every year, including these last two years when I've been not, you know, without a family. Um, And it's important to me that Quinn is represented in the family Christmas card picture. Now, I'm not going to like hold his picture up in the family Christmas card picture, but like I want either his ring visible or like some something that when I look at the picture, I see that he's there. And I don't necessarily need it to be super explicit for everyone to know. But I want there to be a visual representation of him in family photos that we take. I, I mean? 100% do the same. I almost feel like it's a little wink to myself. Exactly. A little wink. Um, whether it be a necklace or this ring I have that has his name on it. Or it's just a little something. So I see him in the picture because I anyway see him in the picture. Mm-hmm. So I that's another way. Yeah. Family pictures. I always just say I include like a little wink to myself mm-hmm. to remind myself that that he's still there. And when we talk about reminding ourselves that he's still there, that he's there, like I, I mentioned already in this episode, this ring that I have, um, I will touch this ring all the time. Like I'll sit there fidgeting. I'll find myself touching it. My husband has pointed out that when I'm feeling really sad and missing him, like often I'll be sitting there and I'll be be absentmindedly, not even thinking about it, touching this ring. And it feels like a really nice little grounding thing that is it's literally like his actual ashes are in this ring and it's on my body all the time and it feels really nice to to have that like to touch and hold and and just be with him I also like it was really important to me that in our wedding photos I actually wore this ring on the hand like on the finger next to my engagement ring so pictures that our photographer took of our wedding rings would have Quinn's ring as well I have a ring that I bought when Quinn was born that I actually wear on my wedding ring hand with my wedding rings because so the order is this Quinn ring and then the wedding ring and then the engagement ring. So like the Quinn ring is closest to my heart um, because before I was, you know, my husband's wife, I was Quinn's mom and I'll be Quinn's mom until the day I die, you know, so that's so definitely jewelry. You have a lot of Aiden jewelry. That's another thing I do. And then the another thing that I do is I do this podcast, which definitely oh. feels like yeah. uh, a way to integrate Aiden into my life. And it's a way that I can breathe the energy, like I can breathe energy into this world. Like I can give something of my heart. My loving energy has a place to go. Um, and I think a lot of people feel like helping people makes them feel close to their child. And I love that I get to help people who've been through loss. And I, when I, you know, there've been a few people who've lost children in my, not my, like, you know, people I've known from school or whatever. In your orbit, in your, yeah. Just in my orbit. And um, I've tried, not perfectly, but I've tried to um, embrace them and and carry them in my wings. And um, I feel a lot of meaning and purpose and I feel Aiden's life continuing on through meeting these other lost parents and um, supporting them in whatever way I can. Yeah. I definitely feel that way about, about the podcast. I I can't believe I didn't think about that when I was prepping for this episode, but it didn't even occur to me, (laughs) Um, but that is so true. Um, I, it's probably the, 
the time of my week that I speak his name the most and just having this space feels so important and, and meaningful to me. And I sometimes think like I have all these like ideas of things that I could do to help people like bereaved parents. And I'm like, Alina, you have the podcast, like you're already doing it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I need to keep like grounding myself and like, I'm already doing a thing. Like I don't have to do yeah. like 10,000 other things. So like advice for new grievers, I would say like, you know, find a thing. <laughs> and, and also if you don't want to start a podcast, cause you know, you don't want to start a podcast. Um, I helped support people who lost children even before I had the podcast. Like I found, you know, they found me, I found them wherever. Me too. And I paid it forward just by checking in constantly by just being a sounding board when they need. Um, so you don't have to have a podcast to help people. You don't have to start a nonprofit to help people. You can just help one person. Um, and you can, I don't know what you can find them in the, in a lost group, but I was going to say this other thing, which is that another thing I do, and this is so subconscious, but I feel like it's very important for me is that I carry the stories of other babies who've lost, who've died. And to me, that feels like that's very, very important to me. Um, I put in my calendar, like the death anniversaries of, um, everybody's baby. The minute that I find out about it, I put it in my calendar to remember. And so like every, it'll be like a random Tuesdays and it'll be like a harvest day. Like I just have, I put it in my calendar. So I remember them. And to me, that feels like a continuation of Aiden's life. And it feels like something I can do on a consistent basis to connect to him is I remember all the people that I imagine him with hanging out with in heaven or wherever he is. Um, and so I collect their stories and my mom recently my mom was at the cemetery and she was showing me Aiden's grave and the new sun catchers, which have been amazing success. And I'd be happy to link that for anyone because um, they're a new toy that I found. They're not a toy. It's just a good accoutrement to a grave. Grave decoration. Grave, yes. A grave decoration. So then I, I asked her, I said, could you show me the babies, the new babies? Because there have been some babies since Aiden died. And I know the ones immediately next to him, but I don't know all the ones after that because I moved at some point. And so she was showing me, you know, this bit there was Aiden and then there's Ari and there's Catherine and then there's Ava and then there's Rosie. Like she was showing Addison. Ad- well, Addison's the other direction. So these oh, were okay. the two babies. Um, and I was, I was sitting there with my mom and I was like, oh yes, that baby died of cancer. That baby um, was a stillbirth at 40 weeks. That baby was a stillbirth at 39 weeks. That baby was a cord accident. That baby was a home birth accident. That baby was, you know, that little kid was whatever. I try my best to remember each baby's name and their story to some degree. I'm not perfect in any ways, but I care and I want to know. And for me, that is continue a way to continually um, touch base with my loss. Yes. And I, I really, really, really believe that all these babies whose parents I'm meeting, like those are Quinn's friends. Like he's not yeah. going to have the opportunity to make friends in life, but I do feel like when Every time you and I are talking, Judith, like I, I honestly like Quinn and Aiden are obviously best friends. Like there is yes. like no, yeah. no way that they're not wherever they are. And then all these other babies too are so important to me. And like you said, like I, I have such a connection. It's so funny because like we have a ton of people who we talk to on Instagram and there are certain babies that I really have a yeah. really strong connection to. Um and I don't know what it is. Like, there's not always a reason, but there is like one baby, Avery. They look a lot like Quinn in the pictures that I've seen of them. And there's a lot of, I don't know, there's like, a, there's probably like five or six specific babies. I'm not going to name them all because I don't want people to feel like I'm not naming their specific baby, but like, there are just some that I'm like so attached to. And it feels really good because I think like, even if not all of those 
those babies' parents are attached to Quinn. Like some babe, some people's, some people out there are attached to Quinn, and it just makes me feel good to know that yeah. someone else is thinking about him. And I want to be that person for those other babies. You know, we want to know, we care to know your baby's name, and we care to know your baby's picture. And I think it's mostly because we believe that our kids are friends somewhere, and if we're connecting here, they're connecting. And also because I feel like when I see your beautiful baby, um, I know you. I know yeah. who you are. I know a little bit about the listeners because I know their children. And, yeah. you know, I went to St. Louis recently and somebody saw my alive daughter and they hadn't met her because no one has met her. Whatever. I brought her to St. Louis and, um, and somebody came over to me and I was like, oh, and this is my daughter. And they're like, oh yeah, I saw her. And I knew she was yours. Like <laughs> I didn't even see her. I didn't even like see you guys together. And my kid is blonde. And so we're not, we don't look very much like, but she was like, I just saw the spark of you in her. And I just knew that she was yours. And that's how I feel when I see your babies. And that's how I see when I know other people's babies who's lost children. It's like, I know you because I know your kid. I see a spark of you in them. Um, and so like for me, I just think I feel connected to Aiden and I perpetuate his memory and his life and his legacy by knowing other babies. That makes a ton of sense. I feel like, I mean, I almost feel like there's like two kind of categories. We talked a lot about the like bigger things, the community things, the external things. Um, and I also think there's just like a lot of ways I keep Quinn alive in my heart. And one of those ways is just like, I talk to him constantly in my head and sometimes out loud constantly. Um, when I was first, when I had first lost him, I talked to him while I was brushing my teeth. That was like one little bite size time of day that I did every single day that I could talk to him. Um, now I talk to him more free form all the time. I ask him questions and wait to see if he'll give me answers, which he doesn't usually, but sometimes he does. I also light candles for him all the time. I light a candle for him on his urn if I'm missing him um, or just in general to keep him present. My husband will sometimes light candles on his urn, which means a lot to me. Like last night I came into the room and he had lit a candle on his urn and it really felt like I honestly felt like I walked into the room and Quinn was there and it was, like, it was so special I actually should tell him that that meant a lot to me I didn't even mention it but I really should tell him that it meant a lot that is so sweet I know it felt like such a relief because like it was just the tiniest little teeniest tiniest little smidge of feeling like he was there and it felt so good yeah you know someone recently that I feel I told that I feel Aiden's presence when I'm in places that are like a vast wide expanse like mm. looking for an ocean or looking at a valley or looking like anytime I kind of see the nature in a wide view I definitely feel him so I feel like I try to put myself in positions where I just feel a piece of that spark you know, he doesn't have ashes at home. So that would have yeah. worked. But like, I can imagine what you're saying, like where you just walk in and you feel just like one, one billionth of what they mean to you. Yeah. I mean, the other day you were having a really bad day and you were like, I don't know what to do. Like, and I was like, you got to get yourself to the ocean. You've got to figure out a way to get yourself to the ocean. <laughs> That's going to help. I did not, by the way. I know, but you got to do it. It'll help. But I, I will. I will. Where did I go? I can't remember. Oh, I know where I went. I went on a walk. Got to get out in nature. Oh, there was water somewhere. I went somewhere when you said that and I was like, I felt at peace because there was water. You know what? There was water on this walk. Good job. Well, anyway, um, this was rambly. What a chaotic episode this was. I think it was good though. Yeah, I think so too. Will it be hard for you to edit? Totally, but that's okay. I can make it work. To all of our wonderful new friends, we want to hear from you. Email us at aslongasimlivingpodcast at gmail.com. And follow us on Instagram at as long as I'm living podcast. We'll get back to you as soon as our grieving brains allow. Yay. <laughs>